Uh, I'd like to start with some prayer. Would you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us again. And we thank you for your precious word. Lord, wash us from our day. Lord, we just come afresh to you. We just come to receive from you. We pray that you would grant us revelation and vision. Lord, grant us a fill in your word. Thank you for this, this time tonight. Thank you for each and every student that has taken time out of their busy schedule. Lord, bless each one richly. Be so personal and real to, to each one of us here tonight. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm getting nervous, and so it's good to pray when you're nervous. Right? My name's Chris. I live in Denton. I work in Denton. Uh, I'm a new father. My son is uh, 16 months old, one year and one third. His name is Luke Joseph. He is awesome. And my wife is awesome. And we love Denton, and we love uh, being with college students. Uh, we had some, some uh, college students at our house recently, um, uh, some that are here. And it was awesome. So thank you for letting us be a part of your life. It's uh, awesome to be a Christian and to love the Lord Jesus with people my age and with people younger and with people older. Brother Tom. <laughs> uh, but anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, we are in the book of Daniel. If this is your first time uh, with us, welcome. And uh, we've been seeing, um, we've just been kind of very slowly in Daniel chapter 1. And we're going to stay right in Daniel chapter 1. And it's been, what, four weeks? I think four weeks. This is the this is the fourth week or maybe fifth week. Okay, so hallelujah for the word of God. Um, so this is uh, Daniel's stand, and uh, this is concerning diet. So we could see uh, Daniel and his companions. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happened to them, and they were they were young men, right? Our brother Carlos last week pointed out they were teenagers right? Uh, young men, and um, a few weeks ago, Brother Tom pointed out that uh, their people were uh, just torn apart in, in war, right? Probably most of the older people they knew were killed, were murdered, right? So they'd been through something, and now they have uh, come to this place, and there's this king, and uh, he kind of has a plan for them, um, and he, he changed their name, he wanted to change their language. Uh, he, he wanted to change their diet. And so tonight we're going to focus on diet. And last week we focused on the Babylonian diet, right? But this week we want to focus on something a little more positive. The heavenly diet. You know, it's awesome. The Bible, the Bible has bookends. Genesis and Revelation, right? And at the beginning of the Bible, you can see that God put man in a garden called Eden, which means pleasure. And he said, eat. <laughs> Isn't this interesting? God put man right at the beginning. This was his first command, eat. Right? So, and then at the end of the Bible, Revelation, you can see uh, there's more 
uh, there's more eating. <laughs> there's more drinking. There's a tree of life. There's a river of water of life. Right? So anyway, um, throughout the whole entire Bible, God cares for our diet. And he wants to give us food, heavenly food. So let's read uh, the Roman numeral number. Well, actually, you have blanks on yours. I'm going to read it to you. Daniel 1 helps explain God's desire for us to have a heavenly diet today. Got the answers? God has a desire for us to have a heavenly diet when? Down the road, when I retire? I'll be free when I retire, right? Then I'll have, actually, no, today, right? Okay, so we have some verses here in Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. Why don't we uh, read together and we'll stop at King's Choice Provision. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. But Daniel set his heart not to defile himself with the king's choice provision. So here these young men are, and uh, they've been given the king's choice provision. This sounds actually pretty good, right? A king is giving you free food and free drink, right? But it says Daniel set his heart not to defile himself. Okay, and with the, with the wine that the king drank, so he requested of the leader of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the leader of the eunuchs. This is awesome. Uh, God, when we take a stand for the Lord, right? Right? He gives us favor. And he gives us compassion. So... Uh, Daniel is now in this situation with his companions, and uh, this person's been put in charge uh, to, to care for them, I guess you could say. And uh, it says, the leader of the eunuch said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your face as being more morose than those of the, of the children who are of your own age? Then you would bring guilt upon my head before the king. So he's saying, Daniel, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> this is my head. My head's on the line. I can't, let you, I can't let you do this. Right? I was considering, you know, uh, today people are concerned with what we consume. Has anyone ever tell you, told you, Nathan, you have to watch this. You've got to see it. You know, right? So anyway, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I was thinking about you all as I was preparing. You are all very important persons. You really are. You know, I was, uh, this was before the start of the semester. A couple years ago, I was eating somewhere by myself. The semester was about to start. And um, I, I, there were these three men, and they were sitting they were sitting uh, in a booth near me, and I was by myself. I could hear them. And they were talking about their organization or their entity or I don't know what it was, but they said, now that the students are here, we have to find a few who, who, can, who are popular, who are smart, who can be very useful for us, right? 
So th these three guys, I don't even remember what their thing was, but they knew the college students, we are targeting them because they are valuable, right? Right? So, so you are being targeted. <laughs> you are being targeted. Um, people care about what you consume. You know, I'm thinking about my college years. Hey, man, come on, let's go to the party, you know? Like, we got a keg. There's, we got kebabs, we got a grill. It's going to be great, right? Doesn't this sound like the king's choice provision? You know, but anyway, um, Daniel set his heart not to defile himself, right? So maybe we be these ones, right, that do not defile ourselves with the king's choice provision. So, uh... Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the leader of the eunuchs had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. What did he say? Y'all see where we're at? How about we all read it? Please test your servants for ten days and let vegetables be given to us to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be watched in your presence as well as the countenances of the children who eat the king's choice provision, and do with your servants according to what you see. Okay, we'll stop there. So, he said, give us a test, right? Brother Carlos brought this out last week. Give us a test. And uh, do with your servants according to what you see. And so, uh, what was their diet? was vegetables and water, right? Does that sound better than the king's choice provision? Maybe not in a natural kind of a way, right? Whenever my wife, my wife's very good cook. Some of y'all know. Whenever she puts together a fancy salad, I don't know, apple cranberry vinaigrette, raspberry vinaigrette, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, I just want steak. <laughs> you know? But the first thing I eat is the salad. And I say, thank you, dear. It's very good. <laughs> and it is good. But I prefer the steak. Anyway. So vegetables and water. Wow. There's vegetables and water for us in this universe. God has a diet for us. And we'll see, we'll see more what that is today, right? When we retire, Travis, you started working. When you retire, that's when you should enjoy the heavenly diet. Today, hallelujah, today. Speaking to myself. All right, where am I at? All right, let's go all together. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for ten days. And at the end of the ten days, their countenances appeared better, and they were more fully fleshed than all the children who ate the king's choice provision. Wow. Their countenances appeared worse? Better. They chose God's way. They had God's favor. They had God's compassion. And their countenances appeared better. Isn't this your experience? Right? When we, when we follow the Lord, when we're in step with the Lord, 
our countenances appear better. Right? Wow. And it says they were more fully fleshed. Right? I think the King James says they were fatter. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> they, were, they were fatter than all the children who ate the king's choice provisions. With God's diet, there is favor. There is a wonderful countenance. There's a smile. There's a joy. Right? Okay. So uh, the next answers to the uh, current assignment. God reveals himself as food and drink for us to have a rich heavenly diet. Wow. God reveals himself as food and drink for us to have a rich heavenly diet. Let's, all, let's read it all together. God reveals himself as food and drink for us to have a rich heavenly diet. I would even put a line through us and write me. M-E, me. Because, you know, you know, Travis talked about companions, right? Daniel and his companions and how we need companions. And this is true. You know, a tree, this is a, this is a tree. Pretty good tree, huh? I'm not an art major. But what, what is below the tree? That's right. Right? And can you see the roots? They're hidden. Right? They're hidden. And so, in our Christian life, we need, I don't know if this is a branch of companions, a branch of you know, church meetings, a branch of the gospel. I don't know. I don't know what the branches are. I'm just making that up. Uh, but, we need the roots. Right? Otherwise, there's no tree. No roots, no tree. That tree's dead, right, Tom? That, that tree's dead. So we need the roots, and then it can grow. It can grow up, right? Okay. So, God has a desire for us to have a rich heavenly diet. 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Let's read it all together. As newborn babes long for the guileless milk of the Word, Logos, in order that by it you may grow unto salvation. Milk of the Word? Did you know that the Word of God is milk? Milk. It's, it's as newborn, this morning my son, he slept in till 7.30. I have to leave at 7.50. But he woke up at 7.32. Like, and I excitedly went into his room and grabbed him. And when he, sees, when he sees us in the morning, whether it's me or my wife, he's just so excited to see us. And he like shrieks. He doesn't talk, you know. He's like, ah! <laughs> just a little sweet boy. And uh, I had already prepared his milk. <laughs> I had already prepared it, right? The good father that I am. <laughs> and, 
And I picked him up and I hugged him and I kissed him. And I brought him to the couch. And I sat him on my lap. And I gave him his milk. And he drank it. And we just, we just sat there. And I'm not kidding you. I sat there with my son in utter joy. Right? This is the Father's heart for us. This is his heart for us. He, he wants to feed us. He wants to nourish us. The, the Word of God, there is a nourishing element. There is milk in the Word. And we need it to grow. We shouldn't despise milk. We need it to grow. I still drink milk almost every day. And I love it. Whole milk. <laughs> if possible, organic. <laughs> So uh, the word here, the word here, you see the word? It says, the milk of the word, logos. What does that mean? Well, uh, the word for word in the Bible, the Bible was written in Greek, well, Hebrew, the Old Testament, and Greek, the New Testament. So the Greek word for word is logos. And the Logos word is the constant word. It is, uh, as uh, Vine's Expository Dictionary says, it is the sum of God's utterances, right? And so for the Logos word, uh, we, we read it. We can study it. We can memorize it. Okay? Now, a lot of times in the Bible, when you see the word, word, uh, like John 1 1, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, right? It's awesome. I love this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. You know, the Bible, the B I B L E, right, Tom? <laughs> Basic instructions before leaving earth. Actually, I changed it. My, my uncle, he, uh, my dad told me my uncle's read through the Bible twice, and I've never known my uncle. Uh, he lives in Indiana. But I, I got curious, because I love the Bible, so I called him and talked to him for the first time. This was maybe six months ago. And that's what he told me, the basic instructions before leaving earth. But actually, I think it's, this is a little better I haven't bounced it off any, anyone else, so this is just my opinion, but the basic ingestion before leaving earth, that is the Bible. The Bible was made for us to ingest, to consume. And actually, I meant to do this. I wanted to, what is diet? Right, we're talking about the heavenly diet. What is diet? Is diet something you do to try to lose weight? Right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Is there a better definition of diet? What is it? Who said that? What we consume. And I would even say, what we take in and what becomes a part of us. Right? So we need to have a diet of logos. We need to Read the Word regularly. We need to study the Word. 
right? Even it's good we memorize the word. I'd like to share how I got saved. I was a wee boy, eight years old, in uh, Solway, Minnesota, population 89. Population 89. But guess what? The God of this universe came down and met me in Solway because there was a culture in this little town that all the boys at our elementary school went to Awana's. And Awana's is a Christian organization. All workmen are not ashamed. We played sports and we memorized Bible verses. And hallelujah, I memorized some Bible verses. This little eight-year-old. I, re- I memorized John 3.16. I memorized Ephesians 2.8.9. For by grace we are saved through faith and it is the gift of God. And I knew that verse, but I wasn't saved. <laughs> but then, this little fourth grader, I was the second grader, he was a fourth grader, he preached the gospel to someone else. And I heard it. And I was, I was at a point in my life where I started swearing and I started stealing. Just a little boy. So I knew something's wrong with me. I have a monster inside me. I didn't have that utterance. but So I went home and I received the Lord in my bedroom. You know? I, I heard and I received. Anyway, sorry. Ah, oh, Lord Jesus. So, uh, hallelujah for the Logos. The Logos is the constant word. You know, the, the, the totality of human life, what, what is it? One word. Anxiety. Right? Aren't you glad that there is a constant in this universe? The constant word? There is a constant in this universe, and it is God's word. It is unchanging. Right? It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? God's word is always there for us. So we need to read it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. Right? This is very good. Uh, let's go back to the outline. Genesis 17:1. Jehovah appeared to Abram and Abram and said to him, I am the all-sufficient God. Little note, the all-sufficient God in Hebrew is the mighty one with an utter. (laughs) Did you know God is described as a cow? (laughs) God gives us milk in his word. That is the point. He gives us milk in his word. All right, let's keep going. John 6.63, let's read it all together. It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words, rhema, which I have spoken to you, are spirit and our life. Okay, the words rhema. Wow, so we have the word logos, and now we have the word rhema. What is this? Can you read that? (laughs) Rhema. So the rhema word is the instant word. It's the instant speaking of God. Okay? Now, uh, do you ever read the Bible and you got nothing? (laughs) Right? Me too. There's a lot of hands up. Right? 
is there something wrong with the Bible? Right? We agree, no, there's not. But how come we don't get anything? How come we come to the Word and we don't get anything? Is there a problem with the Bible? James? No. No problem. Right? Well, uh, you know, I was in college and I played football. Um, and it was a secular, secular university. And uh, my, I was a Christian. I loved the Lord. I pursued the Lord the best way I knew how. And I led a football team Bible study with another brother. And uh, before the game, my team uh, would pray the Lord's Prayer. And we were doing this. And I remember seeing the faces of my teammates. And we're reciting Matthew 6. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, and it was, we we're all deep and we we're very solemn, you know, like getting ready for the game, like serious. And I remember being there and thinking, something's off. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Well, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus. Why am I bothered that we're saying the Lord's Prayer? There's nothing wrong with that. Is there anything wrong with a football team saying the Lord's Prayer before the game? No problem. That's great. I should, I should be saying hallelujah. But I later realized that the word we were speaking was logos. It wasn't rhema. It wasn't something that we had enjoyed. It wasn't some. It was just a traditional speaking, you know. And later, I remember uh, reading about uh, a brother, Martin Luther. You might have heard of him. <laughs> and uh, he talked about praying the Lord's prayer, but praying it in a living way, like taking it and squeezing the juice out of it. And it was a totally brand new prayer. The Logos became Brahma. Oh, my Father. Hallelujah, my Father. Who is in heaven? Holy is your name. Hallelujah. And it became so real to me. And it became enjoyable to me. And it became the joy and the gladness of my heart. Right? So I think that's why I was bothered when we had recited the Lord's Prayer. I didn't know that something was off, and I never vocalized it to anyone. I never said a word about it, but I remember the feeling. You know, The Lord wants the logos that we read, that we study, that we memorize to become the rhema. There's a, a description uh, in Vine's expository about the rhema. It says, The individual scripture which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for us, in time of need, a prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with Scripture. Right? So in order to have the rhema, we need the logos. Right? We need the logos. The logos can become rhema. Right? The Lord, Jesus, He spoke words to the weary. Right? The Lord was filled with the Word. Right? Um, 
Anyway, may we be such persons filled with the Word of God. Um, and so to get Rhema, we, we, uh, we need more than just reading, studying, and memorizing, right? We actually need to, we need to open our heart, right? Like Daniel, right? But Daniel set his heart, right? Daniel 1.8. Daniel set his heart. We need to set our hearts, right? And we need to exercise our human spirit, right? We need to exercise. We need to take the word and exercise over it to receive God's instant speaking to us, right? So may the, may the logos become the rhema over and over again to us. Okay, so Jeremiah 15, 16. Let's read it all together. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Jehovah God of hosts. Matthew 4.4 But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word, rhema, that proceeds out through the mouth of God. Didn't we just sing that? You know, we can sing God's Word. It's awesome. We can sing God's Word. So these, these words, hopefully these words in the Bible that we take in, they just, it won't be some tradition. It won't be some duty. It won't be some checkbox. But it will, like, like the verse we just read before Matthew 4.4, 4, Jeremiah, your word became to me, right? To me. To you. You are very important people. God, God desires for you to have a heavenly diet. The gladness and joy of my heart. How much gladness and joy do we see out in the world? There's a little bit, right? There's a little bit. Actually, I'm thinking of two coworkers. They're always messing around, smiling, joking. Those are like the only two guys I can think of out of like the 100 employees that I work with daily that smile. <laughs> you know? There is a need. There is a need in, at University of North Texas. There is a need at our workplaces for the gladness and joy but what, what do we need for this to happen? Right? We need to open our Bible. We need to, we need to, we need to get the logos. We need to, we need to actually, actually, like, open it. And actually, like, whoa, it's upside down. <laughs> actually open it. Right? Sometimes it's just a battle. Last week we saw there's a Babylonian diet. Right? Today, we saw in these verses, there's the King's Choice provision. You know what I'll call the King's Choice provision? Social media. Right? It's just, come eat me. Come. Come get some more Insta. Come get some more Twitter. Come get some more Facebook. But, you know, I, I, deleted, I deleted my social media, and I didn't make a big statement, I'm leaving social media. <laughs> 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 taking a break, y'all. I didn't, I didn't do that. I just left, and you know why? 
because I spent more time on Facebook because they have statistics that they show you. They'll show you your statistics. They have data. They can see how much time you spent scrolling, right? And I realized, oh, Lord, forgive me. I spend more time on Facebook than I do in the Bible, you know? So I deleted it, and it's been several months. And it's been wonderful. It's been awesome. I wake up in the morning, and I read the Word, and I get milk, and I get honey, and I get joy, and I get gladness, you know? It's real. And when I scroll on Facebook, I get depressed, and I get anxiety, and I get uh, depressed. <laughs> anyway, and some people post funny stuff, and some people, you know, I mean, that lasts for a little bit, you know. But this, this is eternal. This heavenly diet, we're building something up with God. An eternal memorial. Right? So we should pray, Lord, grant me an eternal hunger. Right? Oh, my time. So uh, on the back, the back page, I have some Christians who are excellent examples of handling God's Word. Okay, so Hannah Whittall Smith, she was born in 1832, she died in 1911. She authored The Christian's Secret of a Happy Life. Do you want a happy life? Where she described the way to take the words of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Saying, if we will take the words of God his revealed truth, into our lips and eat it, that is, if we will dwell upon his words and say them over and over to ourselves and thoroughly take in, right, remember, B-I-B-L-E, the basic ingestion before leaving earth, <laughs> and thoroughly take in and assimilate their meaning in a common sense sort of way, we shall find that our soul life is fed and nourished by them and is made strong and vigorous in consequence. W.H. Griffith Thomas, such a great name. I love these old names. Have you ever met a W.H.? Well, praise the Lord for this brother. He authored Grace and Power, and in it wrote concerning scriptural revelation of the food of the Word of God. The good food is, of course, the food of the Word of God. For as food builds up the tissues of the body, repairs waste, and preserves us in health, so the Word of God is the complete food of the soul. It is noteworthy that we have it brought before us in the Bible as milk for babes, as strong meat for adults, affording us the necessary constituents of spiritual nutrition, and as honey, suggesting the pleasure and enjoyment of dessert in addition to the food actually necessary for life and work. Wow. The Bible has milk. The Bible has meat. Yeah. And the Bible has dessert. <laughs> I'm pretty spoiled. My wife, uh, she's, she's been baking. And wow, I want something sweet at the end of my meal. <laughs> you know? It's, it's nice to have something sweet. The Word of God is sweet, right? Sweet as honey. It becomes the gladness and joy of our hearts. 
Wow. E.M. Bounds, A.D. 1835 through 1913, who often dedicated, listen to this, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. for prayer. What? Wow. Part of me wants to be like him, and part of me doesn't. And part, <laughs> and part of me, wow. How could he do this? How could he do this? He said the following. God's word is the basis, as it is the directory of the prayer of faith. As this word of Christ, dwelling in us richly, is transmuted and assimilated, it issues in praying. The word of God is the food by which prayer is nourished and made strong. Wow, so he, didn't, he wasn't just some spiritual monk who just prayed for three hours, right? He had a vision and he had a fuel. What was his fuel? His fuel was the Word of God. He, had, he must have had a lot of logos stored up, right, that he could be fueled to pray for three hours. Most mornings, that's intense. Wow, praise the Lord. And, you know, he's a spiritual giant. And today, I just want to encourage you, the Lord doesn't need spiritual giants. He just needs normal, functioning members of the body of Christ who just take him in in a normal way, right? You don't have to be, you don't have to, you know, I'm going to do three hours because E.M. Bounds did it, you know? Another awesome name, E.M. Bounds. <laughs> wow. But he had a vision. He had a lot of logos. He had a lot of rhema. Yeah. 